0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Being happy is great. Moments of joy are great, but being whole and complete is the real life goal. Visit betterhelp.com super and get on the journey to finding wholeness. Hey, brother. Guys, I am sorry, but the trace in Harry Potter makes absolutely no sense. Like according to itself, Harry should have been expelled multiple times over. Now, to be fair, it can be said that across the wizarding world, it's not uncommon for things to not make perfect sense. Like for example, everybody leaves for school from King's Cross Station in London, but what about the students that just literally live in Scotland? Are they having to travel all the way to London just to go back? on a train, to be fair, trains are cool. Or you know, they can regrow all of the bones in Harry's arm, but can't fix Harry's vision. And don't even get me started on Quidditch. Like why is the snitch worth so many points? It basically nullifies every other position on the field, unless it's the case that like keepers are just sort of a formality and that scoring in Quidditch is exceedingly easy. For that matter, there's professional Quidditch where are they getting players from? At most, there are 28 possible recruits that exist in the country at one point in time. And not all of those 28 students are even graduating students. And and Oliver Wood is the captain of the Quidditch team and only makes the practice squad in Pro Quidditch. Or for that matter, you've got the money. 17 canuts to a sickle, 29 sickles to a galleon? According to Hagrid, it's easy enough. This coming from the guy who can't spell Voldemort, mind you. I shouldn't have told you that. But whatever, honestly, like all of that is totally fine. I'm honestly perfectly okay with putting up with things that are a bit kooky, if you will, because on the whole, I actually think it's these things that make the whole world that much more fun. But what I have a much harder time coping with is when there is just downright inconsistencies. Like, don't get me wrong, you can have dumb rules just as long as those dumb rules are always enforced the same ways. Plenty of people out there right now being like, yeah, this is only a problem in the wizarding world. Either way, that brings me to the topic of today's video, which is the trace in the fact that it makes just absolutely no sense. Guys, just real quick, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Bespoke Post. There is no doubt that summer is slowly transitioning over to fall and the weather is changing. But the one thing that never changes is the extremely great quality selection from Bespoke Post. As ever, I would love to remind you that Bespoke Post partners with small businesses to bring you the most unique goods. Like just this past weekend, for example, we were down at the lake for Labor Day weekend and I was using the cooler I got from this chill box to keep drinks cold while out on the boat. But right now I am so excited about all the little goodies that I got in my Frontier box. Included in this one is a notebook with 192 pages of smooth paper, a really cool fountain pen with actual ink cartridges, a handy little pocket knife, and this hefty and handsome steel bottle opener for when those writing nights get especially late. Which I can assure you, if you're watching our What If series right now, is totally happening every week. Seriously though, this entire package, especially that fountain pen, just makes me want to write things down manually. It's just beautiful. But in case this doesn't interest you, or if you just already have your own fountain pen, you know who you are, I see you. The Post releases so many great new boxes every single month that are always fit and tailored to the specific season that we're living in. Plus, you can get 20% off your first box when you head on over to boxofawesome.com and use promo code SUPER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code SUPER for 20% off your first box. One last time, boxofawesome.com, promo code SUPER, link is in the description down below. Okay, so first of all, what is the trace in Harry Potter? The trace is a charm which allowed the Ministry of Magic to know of any magic cast in the vicinity of any underage witch or wizard. Basically, it just means that if any magic whatsoever is cast in the proximity of an underage wizard, then the Ministry is alerted as to what spell was cast, as well as the location of the caster and the time that the spell was cast. All of that, and yet no way to actually identify who casts the spell. Either way, though, this is super useful to the Ministry of Magic, who has a rule against performing underage magic outside of school, and this gives them a way to enforce that rule. Of course, there are some pretty obvious loopholes just right out of the gate, though. The big one we already kind of mentioned. It doesn't actually tell us who cast the spell. So in Harry's case, for example, he is known to be the only magical person anywhere in the proximity of his own location. So if magic is detected, they're almost 100% sure it was him. This is the loophole that Dobby exploits while using the hover charm to interrupt Uncle Vernon's Japanese golfer joke. The ministry is able to detect that the charm was cast somewhere in the proximity of Harry, and Dobby is able to just simply leave the scene immediately thereafter. So who do they find? but Harry. On the other hand though, if you happen to live inside of a magical household, then you can probably just plan on getting away with use of underage magic outside of school. And this is because anytime a spell would be cast, it would be just as likely to be their parents as it would be the children themselves. Like, come on, are you trying to tell me that you believe for a second that Fred and George weren't absolutely using magic? All summer long. Ginny even says, We've been hearing explosions out of the room for ages, but we never thought they we were actually making things. Now, I suppose if you were a child and just simply practicing spells, then it could potentially be a red flag if the ministry realized you were casting the same spell over and over and over again. And of course, if the ministry ever was just suspicious enough to do so, they could just arrive on scene and use Priori Incantatum to literally determine as to whether or not you were casting those spells. But even then, if you are this child's parent and you want them practicing magic, then you could just simply let them use your wand. Problem solved! And honestly, I feel like that's exactly what I would do. Like. Why wouldn't I want my children practicing their spell work in a controlled environment during their months off school? This would feel comparable to like discouraging your child from like practicing math equations over the summer because gosh darned it learning is supposed to be done at school. And anything else? Verges on illegal as far as I'm concerned. The point I'm really trying to make here is that like this law feels especially unfair to specifically muggle-born children, which to be fair, feels like it kind of tracks with the ministry anyway, so. But either way, it doesn't even feel like this really matters all that much at all because they don't really seem to actually enforce this consistently. At all. Example number one to describe how the ministry is a little fast and loose with how they go about enforcing this particular rule is in Harry's third year. Harry inflates his Aunt Marge during dinner, and the ministry is just kind of like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Fudge even tells Harry, it was an accident. We don't send people to Azkaban just for blowing up their aunts. But even 13 year old Harry realizes, This doesn't exactly track. Last year, I got an official warning because a house elf smashed a pudding in my uncle's house. The Ministry of Magic said I'd be expelled from Hogwarts if there was any more magic there. Oh no, people who already know about magic saw more magic. I imagine Fudge's response to this was something along the lines of, my dear boy, we make the rules and today you are on my good side. So no harm, no foul except for the harm caused to your Aunt Marge, which was significant, but as I said, we are not worried. But if you dare protect yourself from soul-sucking manifestations of terror and fear sent there by us, you will be in big trouble, mister. I'll probably even call a hearing with the entire Supreme Court, just to be safe. We'll get back to that though, because even before then, even more magic is performed at the Dursleys' house when the Weasleys come to pick up Harry for the Quidditch World Cup. Firstly, there is of course the use of the fireplace, which has been added to the flu network, although it is safely assumed that Arthur set this up with the ministry in advance. And I suppose we could probably also excuse any spells that Arthur needed to use to clean up the Dursley's living room after bursting their way in because again, the ministry would know he was there. But here is where we find yet another loophole in the equation where it seems as though they're only able to detect the casting of a spell, not just simply any magic at all. Because there's also another piece of magic that goes down during this particular visit that Arthur probably was less inclined to alert the ministry to potentially happening. I am speaking, of course, of the tongue-tongue toffee uh, brought by the Weasley twins. This should not come as any real huge surprise though, because it's not even the first time that the ministry was unable to detect some non-wand-based magic at the Dursleys. If you will recall, just two years prior, Ron, Fred, and George had flown across the country in a flying vehicle to rescue Harry from this very place. This was a pretty highly magical act that didn't register when it was anywhere near Harry, or Ron or Fred and George, for that matter. There is a little bit of fine print for this particular instance, though, because over on Pottermore, there is an article that says, the trace cannot detect certain forms of magical transport, including brooms, festurals, and enchanted vehicles. Okay, fine. I guess that's an established rule then. But still, it can't be all non-wand magic because Harry is still triggering the trace when he blows up Aunt Marge. And he's not using his wand for that. Actually, even come to think of it, there's yet another piece of absolutely wand magic that happens around Harry in an instance where there are no other magical people around. And it is when Hagrid collects Harry from the hut on the rock. Sorry about that. I suppose if you wanted to, you could make the argument that we're not 100% sure that there weren't any other magical people in this specific area. But I think we can safely assume that the entire point of this particular location is that it's not near anybody at all. And while you might argue, well, this is different again, of course, Dumbledore would have alerted the ministry that Hagrid might need to use magic in order to collect Harry which may be true, but also the person in question is Haggard, and he's also not supposed to have a wand. Yeah, we'll come back to this one as well. The next and possibly most confusing is going to be in Harry's fifth year, Order of the Phoenix, when the order arrives to collect Harry from the Dursleys and Tonks uses a variety of cleaning spells on Harry's room. Like, yes, they do have Aurors with them, Tonks, herself as an Auror. And those Aurors work at the ministry. And I suppose that they could have arranged for the ministry to just kind of look the other way in this particular instance. But this is also not days after Harry was recently expelled from Hogwarts on the basis of using Underage magic. And we know that this entire year, the ministry is just absolutely out to get Harry. So why not just seize this opportunity? Unless they're just like, ah, we've already got a court date, whatever, no big deal, because that totally sounds like the ministry of magic. The very next year, Half Blood Prince, Dumbledore arrives at the Dursleys to collect Harry for a super secret mission where he then summons out of thin air glasses and a bottle of mead. Underage drinking and magic all in one. Where are the handcuffs? Prison! Just kidding, all the guards are off duty because it turns out they're actually completely and utterly corrupt. Ah, bureaucracy. To be fair again though, this could just be going back to the Aunt Marge situation because once again, the ministry is back on Harry's side being, you know, the, the chosen one and all. I am the chosen one. Once again though, the very next year, it is once again become a really big deal again. They can't just simply disappear from Number Four Privet Drive because you know that would set off alarms, of course. So they need to go by broomstick. This is, of course, all a big concern because in this particular instance, the Death Eaters have just completely infiltrated the Ministry. Although it doesn't really end up mattering at all because they're all just literally waiting in the sky on their own brooms. Anyway, as you can see, the entire rule is enormously inconsistent, and basically, from year to year, it really just depends on what the ministry's mood towards Harry currently is as to whether or not it's gonna be a problem. But the next one makes even less sense and has absolutely nothing to do with Harry at all because it happens a full 50 years prior. The instance I am of course talking about is in Little Hangleton where Tom Riddle has actually used the Avada Kedavra curse to kill three members of his family. This one's sort of a double whammy because it's a unforgivable curse, which, you know, normally life in Azkaban and also underage and also three times. So really, Maybe it's a triple whammy. If you'll recall, at this point in time, Voldemort is still only 16 years old and absolutely should have still had the trace on him. Because as a reminder, the trace doesn't actually officially break until you're 17 years old. And while we don't know the full range of how the trace actually works, we do know that at the Riddle household, there was absolutely nobody magical there. And that quote, it stood on a hill overlooking the village. So it's also like isolated from other dwellings as well. Meaning hands down the use of an unforgivable curse three times by an underage wizard should have sent off alarms. Now, to be fair, Voldemort was using Morphin's wand and had implanted a memory inside of his brain that basically led him to believe he had done it. And Morphin already had a history of attacking literally one of the three victims already anyway. But no matter what, the trace still should have gone off, which should have let them know that there was another person on the scene. Like even if they suspected Morphin, even if they had every reason to believe it was him, there should have still also been evidence that an underage wizard was there. Do you see how it just like continuously never adds up like time and time again, it's very inconsistent. And really my only explanation for the Voldemort situation at all is just that he was an incredible incredibly powerful wizard in that maybe he had figured out a way to remove the trace from himself. But even that is just a little bit fishy because at any point in time for any other wizard, it's not like someone actually manually removes the trace. It just actually expires as you come of age at age 17. Magical spells? very good at calendars. In fact, we learned from Lupin and Ron actually that it is impossible for the trace to continue to work after the person is over the age of 17 and that it can't be placed on an adult, which is odd because it almost sounds like what they're trying to say is that like you are innately born with the trace. And part of what it means to come of age is that this no longer works. Is that the real reason that like wizards of all people come of age at 17? Because this weird tracking system no longer works on them? But really the main purpose of the trace is just to enforce the statutes of secrecy, which I can't imagine the wizard's biology is accounting for. Which would then kind of mean that the trace is placed on you at some point in time during childhood. But then the question is of course, when our theory, at least for the witches and wizards who attend Hogwarts is that the trace is first placed upon you during that initial boat ride to the castle at Hogwarts. This decision by the ministry could be on the basis of the fact that this is when you are now old enough to potentially become a threat to the statue of secrecy. This being because you are now about to receive a formal education in magic and also have a wand. It could also be part of the explanation as to why the first years in particular have this unique ritual compared to every other student for the rest of their time at Hogwarts. Like, otherwise, what's the point of the boats? Just give them a cool view coming in? At times, it even seems dangerous. Colin Creeby's little brother literally falls in the lake. But I think it helps explain even more than that. On the train to Hogwarts, Hermione says, Of course, I've only tried a few simple ones myself but they will work for me. I am hearing that correctly, right? Like the person who is most likely to follow every single rule at Hogwarts, almost to a fault, is openly admitting to performing spells prior to getting there? With her wand, I have to imagine. And clearly, she wasn't sent any kind of warning by the ministry. I think this also helps account for instances that Harry himself experienced, like at the zoo, where he made the glass disappear and Dudley fall into the boa constrictor pit, or the torment that young Tom Riddle was placing on his classmates at the orphanage, or just any other young child who has not yet discovered that they are a wizard yet, but are still showing those early signs. Tom Riddle's case especially seems to stand out here. Like he's actively and intentionally using magic to hurt others. And that doesn't even come with like a warning. Accidental child magic is one thing. This feels like a red flag. He hanged a bunny from the rafters. A bunny. This would also account for why when Hagrid casts any of the magical spells on the hut on the island that he doesn't get flagged for anything either because Harry doesn't have the trace on him yet. Now, on the whole, this is not completely foolproof as there's still the opportunity to potentially homeschool your children, at which case they would just never have the trace placed on them at all. This could actually be exactly what's going on with the Gaunt family who, near as we can tell, never attended Hogwarts in the first place. Although I gotta tell you, without a formal education, Merope still seems to figure out that love potion. We actually explained that quite some time ago. Slughorn's dark secret, check it out. Love potions. Any WT level stuff, not easy. Either way though, our explanation is that when you ride in the boats across the lake on your way to Hogwarts for the very first time, the trace is first placed upon you and doesn't expire until your 17th birthday. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you would like to figure out why wizard money makes just absolutely no sense at all, I recommend checking out this video over here. Otherwise, until next time, Bye!